Filthy Henry, the Fairy Detective, Chapter 6. Leerlings were the most useful of the fairy folk, as far as Filthy Henry was concerned. He had problems with most of them on a personality level, but insofar as magical abilities went, they were very handy. As a race, they caused him the least amount of bother, another one in the plus column for them. It stemmed from the fact that they only had one trick. A leerling was able to change from human into swan form and back again at will. That was all they could do. This meant that you had a lot less mess to clean up if a leerling was involved, unless it had done some droppings while in swan form, of course. They were one of the few races that any human could see without magical aid, mainly because there was nothing the brain found strange about them. In swan form they looked, acted, and sounded like a normal swan. As a human they were just another face in the crowd. Most of them even had the common sense to transform from one form to another out of sight. The few times they had been seen changing out in the open had led to an old Celtic legend being created, with the usual over-embellishments from the bard, just to make the story more fantastical than it actually was. Fiction just had to be stranger than truth. Since leerlings could so easily integrate into human society, they had become unofficial spies in the human world, working mainly in the areas of emergency services. They had integrated quite well into Angarda Siakona, Ireland's unarmed police force. Being able to glide over the streets instead of patrol them on foot resulted in leerlings being the most efficient members of the force. Every Garda station in Ireland had at least one leerling working there, as did most hospitals and health centres. Whenever an incident was reported or crime committed that had a hint of fairy involvement, a leerling would inform the fairy world that something had happened. That way fairy kind could work on containing the story before it spread through the land and ruined things for them. Filthy Henry explained this concept to Shelley as they walked towards the docklands. Surprisingly, she was adapting to the giant shift in her view of the world quite well. He had never shown a person the world beside the world before, figuring it would lead to madness. Yet here was Shelley, taking it all in her stride, and asking enough questions to make him regret giving her the enhanced sight in the first place. So how many swans are leerlings then? Shelley asked eyeing a swan that was bobbing up and down on the River Liffey. Because it's a bit creepy to think that swans would be looking at you the whole time. Not at all, Filthy Henry said. They are people, like you and me, not for yours. Besides, that's an ambiguous question. You might as well ask how many people are leerlings, since they can look like either. They don't class themselves as birds or people by default. They're leerlings. That seemed to satisfy her enough to leave the paranoid questioning alone. She stopped walking and leaned against the stone wall that separated the pavement from a drop into the murky waters of the Liffey. The river itself began in the Wicklow Mountains and meandered its way through three counties, fresh and clean and bubbling with natural beauty, before entering the Irish Sea at Dublin Bay, bringing with it a sizable portion of pollution from the city. The general rule of thumb for health-conscious swimmers was to never dip a toe in the Liffey within the city limits, unless you enjoyed large doses of penicillin. Filthy Henry watched Shelley as she closed her eyes and took a few deep breaths, then opened them and stared intently at the swan on the water. It's a swan, he said, knowing exactly what she was doing. I just wanted to check is all, Shelley said, closing her eyes again. This is all sort of new for me, remember? Not as old hat as it is for you. 
Trust me, the fairy detective said as they started walking again. It becomes pretty mundane pretty quick. The novelty will wear off. So where are we going anyway? Shelley said, falling back into step beside him. You never did say. You just told me that a swan had dropped off a message and then walked away. What about my case? What about Kitty Purry? Filthy Henry groaned. I'll help you find the magical talking cat all right, but the leerling requested I look into something for him, and it sort of supersedes your missing pet problem at the minute. Oh really? Shelley said with a sneer. What could be so important that you need to look into it straight away? There were two bodies found in an abandoned warehouse this morning by an old man out for a morning stroll, Filthy Henry said. The leerling heard the call come in over the radio and passed on the information to those that needed to know, me being one of them. Two bodies being found doesn't really suggest fairy, does it? It does when they've no blood in them, Filthy Henry said. No blood? Wait, you're not going to tell me that vampires exist now as well, are you? Shelley said laughing. Filthy Henry stared blankly at her. Only the Irish ones, he said. Besides, after what you've seen so far today, are you really going to question whether or not another magical creature is real? Think about it. The stories have to come from somewhere. Oh, Shelley said, but why call you in? The bodies are human, which makes it a crime that fairy folk can't solve alone. I've a foot in both worlds, so I'm the one that gets dragged in, whether I want to or not. I need to get up to speed on this problem. Then we can talk more about your case. All right? They continued walking in silence after that. Filthy Henry kept catching Shelley closing her eyes tightly and then opening them again, whipping her head forward in the process as if she needed to nudge the fairy vision into place. She would look at somebody that walked past them, then close her eyes and turn the fairy vision off again. Filthy Henry started thinking about the whole double murder they were heading towards. It was possible that there was no fairy involvement at all. Just some sick, twisted human that took blood as a trophy of his victims. Such a thing was not only heard of in the realms of B-movies from Hollywood. The world was full of people. It stood to reason that a few of them would be missing an entire Meccano set of screws in their grey matter. There was only so much sanity to go around, after all, and the global population grew every day. But that did not rule out a fairy entirely. They had different ways of dealing with each other, making sure justice was given in a biblical fashion. The whole eye-for-an-eye thing made much more sense to them. A guard roadblock had been put in place, preventing anyone from approaching the crime scene. It was the standard affair when something happened in Ireland. Block off as much space as possible, just in case the perpetrators left some handy clue nearby, and caused mild pandemonium for a few hours while things were examined. Some younger members of the force had been assigned to traffic duty, standing in a line and redirecting cars away from the street. This was met with the usual helpful characteristic of most city drivers, outrage and horn-blowing, as to why they could not just go where they wanted. As a result, there was an impromptu car park forming in the area as drivers argued with officers, stopping their cars and causing every car behind to be stuck in place. It warmed Filthy Henry's heart no end. Why are you smiling? Shelley asked him as they approached the guard a barrier spread across the path. Ah, nothing. I'd just like to see drivers get annoyed is all. It's my guilty pleasure. They all think they own the roads, and we all know that really only the taxi drivers actually own the roads. Taxi drivers just drive wherever and however they want, no questions answered. A young Garda, clearly fresh from the training college, judging by the oversized yellow high-visibility jacket he was wearing, approached the pair of them. 
He looked like he was trying to puff out his chest. His jaw was set firmly. All he needed was a big sign that read, I am a figure of authority, and you will respect me. This should be fun, the fairy detective thought. Just keep quiet for a minute and wait here, Filthy Henry said to Shelley. She nodded and stopped a few feet from the barrier. The fairy detective stuck his hands into his coat pocket and marched forward with purpose, heading directly for the young Garda. He nudged the barrier aside with his foot and kept on going. Here, the young Garda said, holding up his hand and pointing at the moved barrier. You can't do that. This is an official crime scene. Where's Officer Downey? Filthy Henry shouted, cutting the power-tripping youngster off before he had a chance to build up steam. I told him to meet me here the first thing with a status report on the situation, and here I am instead talking to you. Who the hell are you? Don't you know who I am? This trick would not have worked on a longer-serving Garda, but a fresh recruit had no street experience. Nobody walked into a crime scene without first showing identification, let alone begin just shouting demands. It just wasn't done. The uniform demanded some respect, but the new officer had not been around long enough to know that, meaning he was now caught off guard by the man who had just walked in requesting another officer by name, a name that was probably important, but somehow unknown to the young officer. Filthy Henry could see the guard think things over in his head, his position of power wavering slightly. Something had just happened, but he wasn't sure what, and this man standing in front of him seemed like he could be a person not to cross. Demotion in your first year on the force was something every rookie wanted to avoid. More so when the only rank below you meant being a trainee again. The fairy detective had pulled this stunt a hundred times. He knew exactly what to do next to reinforce his position and be allowed to see the bodies. Right, uh, officer, Filthy Henry said, indicating with a circular motion of his hand that a name would be required from the young man before him. Um, the young guard said, his sure footing a lot less sure. Officer, um, the fairy detective said. Go find me Downey now and bring him back here. I don't want to be walking around the crime scene getting accused of being with the press or something. The young Garda visibly jumped back a step as Filthy Henry shouted at him. He saluted with his right hand and then his left, then with both at the same time, before turning and running down the street towards the park Garda cars with flashing blue lights. He waited for the rookie to be a fair distance away before Filthy Henry motioned for Shelley to come over to him. Officer Downey? she asked. Yeah, what's wrong with that? You could have come up with a better fake name than Downey. It sounds made up. Well, you can tell him that when you see him. I'll be busy examining dead bodies and making sure that the fairy kind haven't crossed some lines, Filthy Henry said. He started walking down the street in the same direction the young Garda had gone. Shelley waited for a heartbeat of indecision and then followed him. This was rapidly becoming one of the strangest days of her life, ignoring the fact that she now had a new, well, party trick. She was also intruding on a crime scene with a man she barely knew. Yet something about his manner suggested this was not the first time he had done this. He was too cocky, too self-assured. She had the feeling that if she ever met Filthy Henry on a night out, he would be just the sort of guy who might get a pint thrown over him. Just don't say anything and look like you belong. Filthy Henry told her, over his shoulder. The trick is to not appear like you shouldn't be here. We get in. We have a look at the bodies. We get out before causing too much trouble. With any luck, people will just think, I'm higher up on the force, and you're my assistant. Your assistant, she said, a little bit too loud. Some guarded looked up from whatever they were doing, 
and gave them both a curious look. The fairy detective stopped and turned on the spot, staring directly into their eyes. Sorry, Shelley said. She felt her cheeks go red. I've a few more tricks up my sleeve than just opening your field of vision, he said in a low voice. So either keep quiet and play along, or find out what it feels like to be a puppet, a silent one. She did not like the sound of his not-so-veiled threat. Fine, Shelley said begrudgingly, but I'll only play along if you agree to take my case. Hardly blackmail, but fine, Filthy Henry said, after a moment of thought. You keep quiet here. I'll take on the great case of missing Kitty. Happy? Shelley smiled and nodded her head. He nodded once back, in agreement, then started walking towards the park guard cars, with Shelley close behind. A plainclothes officer watched them approach as he leaned on the bonnet of a squad car. He waved a notepad in the air to get their attention, motioning that they were to come over. Shelley couldn't help herself. Right now her eyes were like a new toy on Christmas morning. She closed them, concentrated for a moment, then opened them to see the very enhanced world. The Garda had a bright yellow glow coming off him, spreading out into the air like fire. Little flecks drifted away, vanishing as they left his body. Every second fleck looked like a tiny feather, right before it faded out of sight. The glow around the guard was a lot brighter than the glow Filthy Henry gave off. None of the other Garda gave off a similar magical outline. This one seemed to be the only fairy in the area. What kept you? the officer said, as Filthy Henry and Shelley came closer. I'm having a hell of a time containing all of this. Well, we don't have wings concealed in a convenient location to help us get around, Downey, Filthy Henry said, looking at the assembled guarder around the street. You're a leerling, Shelley asked, her curiosity getting the better of her. And Downey, as in feathers and pillows. I get it now, ha! Both Filthy Henry and Downey looked at her like two teachers who'd just been interrupted while they were deciding what punishment to dish out to a student. I didn't know you are on a date. Downey said to the fairy detective, grinning. It's not like that. She's another case I'm working on. How much time can you give me in there? Filthy Henry said. Downey pulled back the sleeve of his coat, checking his watch. For you, half-breed, I can give you fifteen minutes. But you either have to run after that, or risk getting pinched by one of these normals. It's a crime scene with two human bodies, after all. Plus, you're the only spellcaster in the area, so any magic is up to you. Can't you help him out? Shelley asked. Filthy Henry groaned. What did I tell you about shutting up, he said. No, a leerling can only go from feathered fowl to unfeathered fool. That's the only magic they have. Oh, Shelley said, feeling abashed. Right, you did mention that before. I I was listening, honest. How'd you hear about it, Filthy Henry asked the leerling. One of my lads. He was bombing up and down on the river, waiting for somebody to come along and throw a bit of bread in, just minding his own business. By God, you can't beat a bit of soggy bread after your morning cup of coffee. I tell you, it's the only thing humans do right in this world. No offence. Untaken, I guess, Shelley said. Anyway, Downey continued. There he was, bobbing away and minding his own business, when somebody screamed inside the warehouse. Being as he was actually meant to be working, he shifted back into human form and took a look inside. Called it in when he found the bodies then flew off once we got here to make sure you were in the know. Wait, if you can enjoy things like coffee, why would you hang around all day waiting for soggy bread lumps to be tossed at you, like some common swan, Shelley asked. Downey chuckled and went back to writing in his notepad. 
You have got fifteen from now, half-breed, he said. Nobody's in there at the minute, since we're waiting for the state pathologist to get over here. He doesn't like the crime scene guys to go in without him. Watch too many of those poxy American cop shows if you ask me. Just get what you need and get out unseen. You got it? Cheers, Bilty Henry said, grabbing Shelley by the arm and leading her towards the warehouse entrance. She heard him muttering something under his breath as they walked. His outline intensified as tentacles of blue light spread outwards from him. Any guard that looked at them attracted one of the tentacles. It lashed out and touched the guard on their head, after which they seemed to lose all interest in Shelley and Filthy Henry. At the warehouse door, Filthy Henry stopped and looked at her over his shoulder. I'll understand if you want to go back and wait behind the barrier, he said. He let go of her arm and placed a hand on the door. There's no blood, right? she said, considering his offer. Uh, Apparently not, he said. Ready? Shelley nodded. Filthy Henry pushed open the warehouse door, which creaked ominously on its hinges as it revealed the dark interior beyond. Well, that was a little clichéd, Shelley said. Oh, you'll get used to it, Filthy Henry replied, carefully stepping inside. Thank you.